Welcome to this edition of Ag on Tap. I'm Sabrina Halverson. For this edition, Rusty and I were at Commodity Classic, and while thousands of people were walking around on the trade show floor and heading to sessions and listening to speakers, he and I snuck off and got to see something that not everybody gets to see. We're talking about ag tech in today's episode. First off, this edition of the Ag on Tap podcast is brought to you by Zyway Brand Fungicides by FMC. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. So my name is Andrew Oliver. Uh, I work for CNX Industrial, so Case New Holland. Um, and my job with CNH allows me to spend some of my time supporting an industry group. And the industry group that I'm talking about here is the Agricultural Industry Electronics Foundation, or the AEF. Uh, and I'm the vice chairman of the AEF. And it's in that capacity I'm speaking to you today. All right. So we are at Commodity Classic in New Orleans, Louisiana. And Rusty and I walked into this room. First off, I'm going to tell you, you guys have the room that is the farthest yes. from yeah. where we were in the media center. <laughs> so it was a haul. I have got all my steps in for the day. But <laughs> we walked into this room, and the first thing we see is are just tables and tables and tables lined up in a row with all kinds of people, with all kinds of really cool-looking equipment doing their tech thing. So tell me what is happening in this room. Okay, so this is what we call the AEF Plug Fest. It happens twice a year and um, if you like it's speed dating for electronic components for these, these ECUs that support this common language which is called ISOBUS. And what we've got here is we've got about 20 different companies who bring their ISOBUS products and they get the chance over three days to test their products with all the other different, all the all the other different companies, um, so we have over three days. We've got about 21 different testing slots, and you'll see behind me there on the wall. There's a there's a projector counting down the time, and the engineers have about 50 minutes for an ISOBUS test. Uh, and after 50 minutes, the buzzer goes, and then they move on to the next table. Um, and one of the kind of crazy things that's been uh, enabled, thanks enabled. Um, being developed thanks to COVID is we also have the chance to do the plug fest virtually. So here we have about um, 40 different uh, participants in the room, so from 20 different companies, but we also have a bunch of people from other companies joining us online at it for particular testing slots. So we've got someone in the room testing their device, it's connected to the internet, we've got someone online and you know maybe uh, in, in North Dakota or someone coming across from Germany, they're connected to the internet as well and they're managing to test their devices via the internet. We're all about fests, <laughs> whether it be <laughs> harvest fests or cider fests or whatnot. When was the last time you had a live event like this for Plugfest? Okay, well, so the last uh, live Plugfest was actually in the autumn of 2019 and it was in Antibes in the south of France. Oh my. And typically, um, yeah, you, you say that. Um, when we have a, we have Plugfest twice a year, once a year in North America and then the second time of the year in Europe. And typically we find that 
the European Plugfest have twice the number of attendees than the North American Plugfest because a, a lot of development does go on in Europe. Um, but we also found that when we had the Plugfest in Antibes, it was September time, um, instead of having twice the number of attendees, we actually had about three times the number of attendees. <laughs> and it could be that, yes, it was the south coast of France, and yes, it was September time, and there was the possibility to still swim in the sea and, and those kind of things. But yeah, um, so basically it was about two years ago where we had the last plug fest, and it's really exciting to see the turnout here today. We, there was a lot of hesitation of people uh, registering, mm -hmm. again, because nobody was certain how the COVID situation would turn out mm -hmm. here. but. We have people registered, you know, they're physically here apart from these six virtual attendees and we've had a lot of people come over from Europe, which again, you know, I was quite surprised about during to co due to COVID. I didn't think that would be the case either. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to, again, did you have something for Sharsi? Okay, no. I want to again try to set this up for our listeners. I, I wish that this was a video interview right now because you wouldn't know it from everything that's going on downstairs at Commodity sure. Classic, people going to the booths and yep. talking with the, you know, the different companies. You wouldn't know that up here we've got, I mean, it looks like something you would see out of a movie where you've got a room full of hackers trying to, uh, you know, break yeah. into the world's biggest yep. bank or something. I, you know, yeah, just yeah. to get the visual of it with all of the equipment and all the people pointing at screens and very serious conversations going on. What kind of things are actually developed here? Okay, so basically what happens is um, we've got about 16 tables set up here. And um, at each table you have a device connected to an ISOBUS and we've stretched this ISOBUS cable on the table. Um, and typically the device that's the persons that's that's sitting there at the table fixed at the table is some type of isobus system which would go on a tractor so mm -hmm. it's either the, the display that you'd, you'd have in the tractor or we have these kind of simulators that show the tractor represent the tractor armrest and the programmable buttons on the armrest yeah and so these people are fixed at the table and then every you know whenever the buzzer goes every 50 minutes another device comes along and sits down at the table and connects via the ISOBUS to that tractor service. And some of the implements we've got here today, we've got planters here, we've got large square balers, we've got variable chamber round balers, we've got some a couple of FMIS devices here, um, we've got a slurry wagon, uh, and there's one, well, there's one other, ah, we've got a, a, a rower and a make device, a rower, a mower and a rake device um, and then we've also got uh, some guys that make a um, it's a system for uh, guidance for combines uh, mm. as well and, and basically so whenever the buzzer goes another one of these implement devices comes and sits down uh, with the tractor device they connect together on the isobus and basically they want to see can I operate this this implement that's that sat down next to me are there any issues that that uh, are there any issues coming about when we, we do connect together on the ISOBUS? And sometimes, you know, everything works perfectly and there's no problems. Other times there might be some type of, um, most things work but not everything. And so the engineers are looking at the CAN logs trying to understand, okay, you know, I can see there's a problem here with this CAN log. Maybe if you do this, then I won't see this issue or maybe I need to do something. So there's this really great sense of collaboration mm -hmm. between the engineers on, on the different companies, from the different companies. And the collaboration is really about this common standard, this common language, ISOBUS. So nobody's here to give away any company secrets. It's not about that. It's about we're here to collaborate on this common language to make our products better for our customers. Yeah. Because obviously when you release ISOBUS products to the field, you know, 
the farmer, the customer, they buy them because they want to plug things together and make them work. Right. They want to plug that planter into that tractor and go planting or seeding or baling or whatever. So if you sell them ISOBUS products that don't work, they're not going to buy from you, they're not going to buy ISOBUS products again, it's all out the door. And, and so yeah. really, we're here to make the ISOBUS situation better for our customers. Yeah, you mentioned it's kind of like speed dating, and yep. I suppose there are some broken hearts and back to the drawing board <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> um, sometimes, typically the broken hearts come from the, the, the relatively new players in the ISOBUS industry that have decided, okay, I know ISOBUS is going to help me make a better product, mm -hmm. and they start down the ISOBUS road, and if you're starting to enter ISOBUS from scratch, it's really, it is a bit of a tough haul. Uh, and, and typically they're the people that sort of have the broken hearts early on. But yeah. after one or two plug fests, even they get the hang of it and they can understand how to develop their ISOBUS product to, to be more compatible. And ultimately, you know, from the AEF point of view, we have this um, conformance test where we can certify ISOBUS products and then we have a database where manufacturers can list their certified products and that database is open to everybody in the, in the industry, to dealers, to the farming public, uh, to everybody. And so this is all about this, it's the reason really why the AEF was formed, that we want to make this whole ISOBUS picture better for the whole industry. Ag tech is so important. In fact, yesterday we were just at a, another um, preview of some new ag tech sure. and I think that it seems like leaps and bounds right now with the way that things are advancing. Yeah. Working collaboratively like this, bringing so many people together, is that one of the ways in which it's leaps and bounds? Yeah, absolutely. And really, um, the AEF was formed uh, by OEMs, by companies that wanted to collaborate to make this ISOBUS standard to improve it. Yeah. The ISOBUS standard was released by the ISO organization um, you know, in the year 2000. The AEF itself was formed in about 2008 because manufacturers had been trying to work with the, the ISO standard. It was viewed as the holy grail. Um, but in that period from sort of 2000 to 2006, 2007, a lot of ISOBUS solutions were released on the market but they weren't working together. So the industry saw the need, all the OEMs saw the need, okay, we need to collaborate to make this standard better. The AEF was formed we um, have these project teams which are made up of volunteers from our member companies um, and they collaborate on issues that are seen on the ISOBUS and they typically work together to go how can we improve this issue and that's documented in, a, in a, a document called an AEF guideline. That AEF guideline says okay well if you follow the ISO standard and then you follow our AEF guideline when you release an ISOBUS product developed to both those documents it will be compatible. And in the future, not in the future, but generally when we release an AEF guideline, it is actually passed over to the relevant ISO working group that is responsible for the standard, and they include the content from the AEF guideline in the next revision of the standard. So the AEF is not a standards organization, but our documents are passed over to the standards organization to help make the standard better. And Currently, we have project groups that are, um, so two years ago, we re released a new ISOBUS functionality called TIM, Tractor Implement Management. The whole idea about TIM is it's um, it is an automation feature uh, where the implement can control certain functions of the tractor based on doing a security handshake. And 
It allows the tractor-implement combination to manage itself to be more efficient, to consume less fuel, to go as fast as possible through the field based on the working operation, etc. The driver still has to be in the cab, but once he pushes the automa automation button, the TIM button, he can essentially relax. We released TIM two years ago. We, we have these other project teams now working on um, high-speed ISOBUS, we mentioned that a, a little bit before, and also we have another team working on wireless in-field communication. How can we have machines from different manufacturers talking together wirelessly in the same field to share coverage maps or um, various pieces like that? So th this group is really, we collaborate, we volunteer our time, we collaborate, and we, we're working to make the whole, the whole picture better. And we have these project teams looking to the future and working on these, uh, if you like, new guidelines which can, which can help us in the future as well. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor, but when we come back, we will talk more about ag tech. We'll be right back. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented season-long inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. All right, welcome back to Ag on Tap. We are here talking about ag tech today. We have a new speaker with us. Please introduce yourself to us. Sure, my name is Ryan Milligan, and I am North American Communications and Marketing Lead for the Ag Industry Electronics Foundation. That's in a volunteer capacity. In my professional capacity, I work for Powell Electronics, and we are a connector manufacturer and distributor. All right, so once again, we were here at we are here at Commodity Classic, and we are upstairs in this, what I find to be this amazing room, because I'm pretty much a tech nerd, so I walked in and I thought, this is heaven. We've got tables and tables and tables of people working on equipment, computer screens all over the place. It's exactly what you would expect to see at this. Tell me, what's your experience with it? Well, I have been coming to PlugFest since it was in Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, it was kind of a new thing in North America. And I, I've been happy to see it grow over the years to the uh, scope that it is now. You know, many manufacturers, I know this year's a little down, but you know, we're approaching 100 manufacturers that are participating in the PlugFests annually. And uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to see the variety of machinery that's now coming in. And as Andrew mentioned, some of the accessories teams are coming in and, and making sure that they're all getting their equipment certified uh, and the compatibility is uh, satisfactory to the uh, performance that we want to present to the customer. Mm -hmm. When I walked in the room I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're learning and I'm learning. Um, I didn't know such an event existed. I didn't know about all the collaboration there was on a voluntary basis. Uh, it's shocking to me. I, I didn't know. So we are, you know, really reaching a tipping point in North America. You know, the idea of cross-brand compat uh, compatibility or connectivity in Europe was accepted pretty easily uh, because they tend to have a barn that has multiple branded machinery in it. And, and here in North America, you know, brand loyalty is, is, is real and, and it, it, the farms usually stuck with, you know, one brand of machinery. I believe that now because of the specialized uh, capabilities of the machinery and the multi-line distribution channels that are out there uh, that through the dealer networks that you're seeing dealers solve real-life problems by mixing and matching machinery brands. And that's now got into word of mouth and you have it actually happening in the fields in farms that were traditionally one color or another. 
Which I think is is fantastic because you know yes, like you mentioned, brand loyalty, and there's a lot of brand loyalty within you know farmers. They have their color and they like to stick to it, but uh, many do have equipment from different manufacturers and. To get to make that the most effective and the most efficient, they need to be able to work together. So to see this team of people and know that there are teams of people, you know, around the world who work together on that, I think, is huge for agriculture as we move forward, more, even into more technology. Yeah, and you know, the results of what happened here today end up in our uh, certified database. So mm -hmm. once the machinery is certified, um, you know, anybody can access this database, whether it be a grower myself a connector manufacturer or an OEM and you can cross-preference the machinery you have uh, a desire to check the functionalities on and make sure that they match and they and and this certified uh, conformance is a is a plug-and-play play guarantee it's it, it results in the desired uh, you know information coming through to the cab and performance from the vehicles and it shouldn't need any additional service mm -hmm. Um, you know, we joked how far this is from the trade show floor. Yeah. Now, these products are in uh, being used in real-life situations on the trade show floor. I bet a lot of people don't realize that this is going on up here, and it so, works so seamlessly down there because of people like you. Yeah, you know, there, there is a lot of work behind the scenes to make this what we've claimed it to be. And, and, it, and the, getting the cross-brand compatibility to the level uh, that it is now, getting the machines certified, and having this cross-check uh, actually take place in this room, um, it, you know, has been hundreds of man hours, probably thousands over the past five years. Or, and I think that, it, you know, we're going to continue to grow its scope. We're going to continue to fold new functionalities into it. So it's not as though we're going to reach some final point and say, good, mm -hmm. this is ongoing work, uh, and we want to continue to invite companies to participate and, and grow that in, in number of participants and number of uh, certified machines and accessories. I think the only other question that I have, because we've covered quite a bit, is what did we not cover? Is there anything else that you'd like for our listeners to know about this? or? Any other comments you'd like to make about it? Well, I would definitely suggest that anyone who's curious download the app and play around with the certified database. Uh, you know, if you're a farmer, put your tractor in there and look at the different machinery that's coming out that shares functionalities. You know, where do I have section control on both vehicle and implement? Where do I have the task controller geo functionality that I need to make sure my prescription maps are, are coming in and recorded correctly? So that's the first step into getting yourself more familiar. Um, you know, we've got some, some great stories about the high-speed work that's going on on the, on the website. And so you can see that there is a, 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 a large global effort to, to make this a real, real uh, asset to, to the growers. Yeah. And what is that app so people can find it? So that is the AEF database app, and it's on Google Store and, and, and iStore. And how would they find the website? www.aef.com dash online.org. All right. All right. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And thank yeah. you for letting us come up to PlugFest. Absolutely. Thank you guys for coming up and uh, spending some time with us. Yeah. yeah thank you. Thank you. This edition of the Ag on Tap podcast is brought to you by Zyway Brand Fungicides by FMC. Thanks for tuning in to Ag on Tap. Rusty and I will be back next month with another fun feature.